This edition of 100 Not Out is proudly brought to you by our 2018 longevity experience to the Greek island of Ikaria. Known as the island where people forget to die, Ikarians experience 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, and 20% less heart disease, and live longer than anyone else on the planet. To find out why this is and experience Ikaria for yourself, come join myself, Damien Christoph, and an intimate group of like-minded souls for an all-inclusive 9-night, 10-day life-changing immersion. Watch the highlights video, get all of your info, and apply on over at 100notout.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the only green thumb on the regular 100 Not Out team. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. Thanks for the intro. You Thanks are for saying I've got a green thumb. Green thumb? That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. What is the opposite of a green thumb? Um... Uh, oh, you're asking a colorblind person what's the opposite of green. <laughs> red? I don't know. Well, our guests have attempted thumb. to answer, and we will introduce our very special guest on 100 Not Out, because today, Demo, for the very first time, we are going into the garden with a couple of friends of the Wellness Couch. Roll back just a few years ago, and Crystal and Anth Kapalitsis were not exactly a picture of health. Anth was addicted to frozen Coke and Hungry Jacks. Crystal was underweight and fighting with her hormones in a bid to live a regular life. But then their awakening mm. came when they discovered just how powerful eating real food is and, in particular, where it comes from. Joining us for the first time on 100 Not Out, it is a very warm welcome to Crystal and Anth Kapalitsis. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. That was the best introduction I've ever heard. What an intro. Thank you. He's good at it. He's good at it, Marcus. He's good at that for sure. Thank He's you. actually good at lots of things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing I'm not good at though is gardening. So and and particularly edible gardening. I'm good at killing kale, lettuce, tomatoes, strawberries. <laughs> everything you guys can grow, I can't grow. So Damo, do you want to kick off with these guys in terms of uh, you know, where a 100 not out listener can really benefit from improving their edible gardening skills? Yeah, I will, Marcus Pierce. Hey, you know, Marcus, last year we went to Greece, went to Ikaria. I'm not sure if our listeners are aware that we did go to Greece. Um, to back we don't to our mention homeland. it very much. <laughs> no. Nah. Anyway, when we were there, what we noticed is that they grow their own produce now here, and so they forage in nature. Here, we forage in the supermarkets, and we uh, we go and get some produce that might have been sitting on the shelves for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve months. Like fruit can be in the supermarkets or up to 18 months. So you've, uh, you've got to be aware of that. And, um, and we're about to learn today that it's very, very good for you to uh, grow your own food. And, uh, and I'm fascinated by this because I've got my little garden patch out the back. I've got my little um, Montague apple crate um, filled with, you know, beautiful, you know, worm poo castings <laughs> and all that sort of thing. And I get some really nice things growing, but I also get lots of grubs. So I'm fascinated to find out how this is done really well. So Crystal and Anth, I want to find out, I want to know, like firstly, welcome to the show, but first, I want to find out how do you how do you work out what's going to grow in your backyard and where do you put a box? And like, is it easy enough just to go and 
sprinkle some seeds on there and let them grow? What, how do you do all this thing? Yeah, definitely not. There's a little bit behind it. Um, generally speaking, the more nutrition you put in your soil, um, the easier it's going to be for you. If you've got a nutrient-dense soil that you've created, your plants will grow a billion times better. Um, edible plants need minimum probably of six hours sun, so you want to be putting it in the sun somewhere. And um, you want to be you want to be creating the soil with beautiful organic nutrient dense products like mushroom compost, um, normal compost, worm poo. I think you were saying before that's another good one. Um, sugar cane mulch, seaweed, all that kind of awesome stuff. Well, okay, just you you've you you you've mentioned something which I want to start off with. This is my this is my one question which. Is really, um, it might seem really stupid, but I hope it, I hope it is reflective of the nation because I think it's really important. Here we go. <laughs> so, from what I understand, the soil is stuffed. It's absolutely bare rooted. It is gone. It is we we've lost all our topsoil pretty much. It's deficient in minerals. It is. It's just. It's just. We have very unhealthy soil. So I don't understand. Why? How? How do you? How? How do we actually recreate the soil so that it's healthy? Because if that can be done, then we actually don't really have a problem. But everyone barks on about how our soil has is lost. But it seems to me that you can actually make it healthy again. Yeah. Well, you can absolutely if you're growing your own food yourself. The big problem is that with modern agricultural practices like um, tilling, so like digging up the soil and monocropping, so planting the same plant in a huge um, bit of land, using chemical fertilisers, ongoing deforestation, all that kind of stuff is absolutely um, leaching the, the minerals. It's absolutely leaving our what was once a, a beautiful mineral-rich soil, it's absolutely stripped it bare. Um, you can take over, Anthony. I know this is your favourite subject to talk about. <laughs> I do like talking about it. So, yeah, they're – some big reasons. Another reason is that the minerals aren't being put back. So a reason for that is so plants aren't really that fussy. They can get they can get away with only three nutrients. So nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, also called NPK. You guys have probably heard of an NPK fertilizer. You see them everywhere. They're really common. A lot of farmers use them because they're cheap and it's the bare minimum that that you need. So plants will yep. grow with them when they're fed exclusively NPK they're going to be missing out on so many of those important minerals. And when you're eating food that's grown in mineral-deficient soil, then you're missing out on those minerals, and that's what puts you on the path to mineral deficiency. And, you know, everybody knows somebody with a mineral deficiency. Yeah, and, and so obviously because organic practices, um, you know, obviously you can't use chemicals, the organic farmers need their uh, plants to be a lot tougher so they are actually going to be adding in some of those beautiful minerals that has been basically um, stripped. So that's why organic produce is a lot more nutrient-dense. If you're going to be growing it yourself, you're going to be taking it up another notch because that's when you've really got uh, power to basically make sure all of those minerals are back in the soil. And a way that you can do that is by not only using those um, nutrient-dense um, materials that we were talking about before, like the sugarcane mulch and, and the um, compost and all of that stuff, but you can actually use something that's called rock minerals, which is basically a volcanic rock. It's being crushed down um, into like tiny little pebbly-looking things. And um, you, you just – 
So, well, I'll talk about that in two seconds. But, yeah, basically right. this volcanic rock. All right, start talking about it now. <laughs> no, yeah, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. Sorry about that, Crystal. Amazing minerals that we need. It then breaks down into the soil. The plants take it up through their roots. We eat the plants and we get those minerals. So you can get um, rock dust or rock minerals from a few different places. We're actually working on one at the moment um, with some people just uh, – yeah, oh, God, we've been working on it for about half a year just to basically make sure that it contains – every single mineral that we want to make sure it contains. So that's going to be out shortly. But that is a really, really awesome ingredient to use if you're growing your own food. So if the whole world were uh, making, were growing their own food, if the whole world were uh, had a veggie patch, then we wouldn't have a soil problem. Is that pretty much where this sits? I think yeah, so. Much. Sorry, you go. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, there are things like, I mean, there's all the things we're talking about that if everyone... And you don't need, you know, a, a huge amount of space to be able to do this. Um, but if everyone is, yeah, growing their own food, doing what they can to get the nutrients back in the soil, um, then that that's going to reverse all the, all the problems. So yeah, Dam- absolutely. Well, it will at least be a good start Once anyway. Start, yeah. <laughs> Damo, the interesting thing about this is, is it reminds me a lot of our of our time in Ikaria. <laughs> Damn, it? Just to mention no. it, you know, once or twice. Um, they don't. They don't probably. Do we go to Ikaria. <laughs> <laughs> did someone mention a longevity tree to Ikaria? That is what they—that's what they did. They grow the. I mean, it is almost like law in Ikaria that you must grow your own grapes to make your own wine. You must grow your own olives to make your own olive oil. You must essentially, if you go down to the supermarket, you're you're actually buying the food that the that the neighbours of the supermarket have excess of anyway, um, and they're just donating it to the supermarket to sell off. Um, everything's done so self-contained. Um, I know we're not going to go back to that place. I know there's far too many people on the planet to even make that um, happen. Um, so I, I gather, I mean, now you guys have your own company, you have the healthy patch, you help people grow their own veggie patches and you deliver veggie patches to their doors and all of those things. But I, I gather that the the change, like many things with change, it, it has to start in our own backyard rather than worrying about what everyone else is doing. The, the change has to start with us. I'm, I'm sure that would be the answer, right? Yeah, of course, absolutely. For sure. And like, like we'll just say you don't need that much room. Like some people are like, you know, I haven't got room to grow all these kind of things. Even if you're just starting with a handful of herbs, you know, if you're trying to grow some rosemary or some mint or some parsley, things that are really easy to grow, mm. if you're growing them in mineral-rich soil, you're going to be getting the benefits of getting your hands dirty, getting out in the soil. Um, and as well as that, what they were saying before about how food, you know, it's sitting in the supermarket for three, five days, weeks or months, however long. And with all this stuff, you know, once it's pulled out of the ground, all these foods, they immediately start to lose their nutritional value. Yeah. So like spinach loses 90% of its vitamin C content just in the first 24 hours. So if you're picking up something, even if it's organic you know, off the shelf that's been there for three or four days, it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be a shadow of its former self. But if you're harvesting something from your own backyard, you're eating it within a few minutes, that's when it's going to be at its most nutritious. That's a really good point, Anth. And what's important for people to understand is that just because it's organic doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be any more mineral-rich or any more vitamin-rich. If it's been picked a while ago, the vitamin content, particularly vitamin C, uh, will have decreased. Uh, and, and you know, if you cook on high heat organic food, you will lose basically all of the B vitamins like you would from anything else that you cook on high heat. So there's, you know, there's cooking methods 
the benefit of organic is really that it's low pesticide. So you've got the ability to control that in your own home. You could, in fact, have an organic veggie patch in your own home. But here's the struggle with having an organic veggie patch is moths. Moths and grubs. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I've got I, obviously I have forage muesli. That's my my company forage. And the number one issue we have because we use organic produce and we don't have any pesticide residues or anything like that on our food, um, and we don't bake our goods, so you know we're retaining the nutrient value. Is moths? We get grubs, and so it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. What's the best way to control these little buggers um, so that they don't go and chew up? All you really want to know the answer, do you? Like, you want to use a different yeah. word other than buggers, but <laughs> yeah, so something happened in the last twenty four hours, Damo. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I will go out to my little herb garden, and because once these little guys get stuck into your, your, you know, your herbs, off they go. They go mental, and I'll pick them off one by one, chuck them on the ground, feed them to the ants. I do this sort of stuff, but uh, I. I, uh, I'm often out there for an hour just checking all of my leaves and all of my plants, finding all the legs. You know, I tend to my garden. I love it. But is there ways in which you can get on top of these little guys? Yeah. Okay. So there's a few things. Um, first of all, which I've been saying this whole time, the more nutrients you've got in the soil, the stronger, the tougher your plants are going to be. Second of all, there is a caterpillar season. So um, it's generally this time of year or more so um, March, April, May. Um, so that's always the worst season for them. And they usually go after brassicas. So that's kind of the three things that you need to know about the caterpillars. Now, the way to get rid of them is um firstly planting herbs amongst um your other plants is a really good way of doing it because the herbs um have very strong smells it can repel them because it confuses them what sort Um, of herbs because like i've i've got rosemary rocket mint what else have i got growing there parsley coriander parsley like they're all kind of growing together but any, any strong-smelling herbs are awesome. Um, sage, thyme, they're all awesome. Um, obviously, it's not working for you, sorry. It's not working for me. No, not if you've, not if you've got them. <laughs> maybe they're not strong enough. Maybe I've got to put more worm poo and maybe some volcanoes in there. I'll put some volcanoes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely try the volcanoes. Um, next thing is diversity. Diversity is a really, really awesome thing to do. It's something that we always um, always talk about. So it's basically instead of planting, you know, let's just say you've got five um, broccolis, instead of planting them all in a row, just mix it up with some other different plants. So, you know, broccoli, um, then do beetroot, then lettuce, for example, and then another brock. So just mix it up, getting that diversity. Also make sure you've got the, the flowers in there, um, which are going to attract the beneficial insects, okay? And then... Here's something really fantastic that I'm going to let you in. I'll hang it out. (laughs) If everything fails, if all of that fails, you can use (laughs) you can use diatomaceous earth. Really? Ah. Your your gut powder. Well, we take it to get rid of intestinal worms, you know. Um, Mm. But you can you can sprinkle a little bit on uh, the plants where the caterpillars are doing the most damage and it will get rid of them. Now, it can take out some of the beneficial insects as well, so it's a last resort kind of thing, but it works. Okay. All right. So (laughs) it's like weeding your gut 
you can weed your garden of these bugs. Of the bugs. I've got a really random question for you because it only just happened this morning and I'm going to just out myself right now and go, I speaking am not. Of, speaking of diatomaceous earth, yeah. it's just happened this morning. No, right. well, there is some diatomaceous earth in the pantry at the PSHQ, but uh, I haven't been taking is. any. Next to, next to the coconut oil. I know. Next to the five bottles of urine from the water uh, bath. Still there? Is yep. it still there? Still there. I don't, it's not going anywhere. I just want to see. Oh. What happens? When you come up, I want to show you and you can give me some type of test analysis on it or something. Um, anyway, so getting back to more PC topics. So I was, um, <laughs> I went to the market yesterday, bought four bunches of kale from uh, Rod, Rod the Kale Man. Uh, it's all organic. He's a wonderful man. Um, I am a lazy washer of organic vegetables, though. I have no interest in spending time over the sink. So I'm far more likely just to chop it up, put it in there and just eat it. Now, Anyone can wrong me. That's okay, but that's what I do. This morning, though, I changed my mind because there were these copious amounts of chia seed-like things on the kale, and they are so annoying to get off. For people like me and Damo (laughs) that want to call these little buggers these other little things, what do people do? And uh, can you do what I often do, turn a blind eye, don't tell the kids, cook it up anyway, and no one's any of the wiser? You're just eating sauteed caterpillars. I couldn't imagine they'd be good for you. I think what Damo just said, get out the ladybugs. Did you say did you say you can't imagine they'd be good for me? So you're saying those little chia seeds on the kale aren't chia seeds and they're bad for me? I I I wouldn't um think that the the little kale chia seeds would be good for you. No. No, What do you reckon? They just increase your protein. So So it's they're not not terrible. What are they? What did you say they were? Hey? What are they called? They're called aphids. And what are aphids? They're insects. <laughs> they, they're little insects and they basically they suck they the moisture suck out, out of the plant. Yeah. Oh, so and, they're but, okay. But you wouldn't want to be a vegan having having those aphids then, would you? <laughs> no, no, vegans wouldn't find that kale vegan. But what, no, they unless they agree. didn't know. Unless they didn't know. It's, you know, sometimes there's secrets worth keeping. Um, yeah. With um, with aphids, you get ladybugs. Ladybugs will come in and munch them up, so you can go yeah, find some ladybugs. Eat. Go to the golf course, get some ladybugs. And, um, <laughs> they eat an incredible amount of aphids in a day. It's crazy. It's amazing, so, and it's amazing to watch them. Yeah, it, you can rinse it in apple cider vinegar. That's what I was. Well, say. if you really want to know, Crystal, this morning for the first time in in years. I actually Googled how to easily clean kale. I put about six things in it because I had four bunches. I didn't want to do four bunches at once. I got some water and some apple cider vinegar and I took the aphids off. But I didn't do it that thoroughly because I just didn't care enough. And if you're going to tell me that they're bad for me. (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine they'd be great for you. Like, you know, I've probably already had one million aphids in my life, I reckon, by now. Come on, they'd definitely be a lot better than the pesticide residues. So totally, yep. totally. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to the pesticides residues, what are the sorts yes. of pesticides that people are exposed to if they're just buying normal supermarket stuff? Like, what are they getting on their food? Because it looks clean, it looks nice, it's all shiny. Um, you know, mate, oh, we all yep. think that there's wax put on the apples, you know, to keep them all shiny, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and stop them breaking down. But what what are the things that people are eating if they're not yep. washing their vegetables, like PC, um, or <laughs> uh, <laughs> or just buying from the supermarket? Why would they want to go to the effort of, um, of growing okay. their own garden? So I love this question. The most widely used pesticide in the world is called glyphosate. 
So glyphosate, actually, you might know it better as Roundup. It's the main ingredient in Roundup. And now many people think that glyphosate is just being used on um, GMO food, so genetically modified. It's not true. It's being used in conventional farming as well. So with conventional farming, um, the glyphosate is sprayed into the soil before the seeds are planted. It's then sprayed into the crop rows when the plants are growing. It's then sprayed into the soil again when the plants have been harvested. Um, GMOs are sprayed all over, but research has shown us that whether it is being sprayed into the soil that the plants are growing in or it's being sprayed onto the plants directly, either way, both conventional and GMO will contain these pesticides residues so the big hey crystal crystal yeah what if we've got like this happened in western australia recently we've got an organic farm next to a non-organic farm and there was spray residue that went from the non-organic farm to the organic farm and then all of a sudden the organic farmer lost his certification because the non-organic farmer and you know that all i don't know how that case ended up i don't think he won but it's shocking it's so that can cross contaminate right yeah, absolutely. It's a really, really, really big problem and it, it just absolutely sucks for the organic farmers um, because obviously they're doing everything by the books and then, what did you say, he got stripped of his title. So, yeah. you know, it, it sucks, but, yeah, it can absolutely um, cross-contaminate. So I feel for them very strongly. Um, but anyway. Oh, we could do. It isn't, it's getting uh, contaminated with glyphosate. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, I was just actually going to start to uh, wrap it up because I know we could talk forever, but uh, you're only halfway through your answer. So why don't you finish off what you say about glyphosate and then oh, I'll yeah, yeah. walk over the top of someone, PC. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I never do it, do I? <laughs> <laughs> so quickly, quickly, back to glyphosate because yeah. this is really, really um, important stuff. So basically the big problem is when we consume these um, – conventional uh, fruit and veg, it is destroying our gut bacteria. And the way that that works is glyphosate targets what's called the shikimate pathway. So the shikimate pathway, it's a biological pathway. It's present in plants, but it's not present in our human cells. Because of this, we've been told that um, it doesn't harm us at all. Unfortunately, what research has now shown us is that the shikimate pathway is in our beneficial gut bacteria. So that means that when we consume these um, residues, we're destroying our good gut bugs, which, as we know, is incredibly important for our health. Not only this, but the shikimate pathway is actually responsible for three amino acids as well, which we either need to get from our food um, or our beneficial gut bacteria, which, of course, the glyphosate is is killing in both our food and our uh, bacteria. So we're going to be deficient in these amino acids. And one of them is, one of those amino acids is tryptophan, which our body needs to produce serotonin. And another one is phenylalanine, which our body needs to yeah. produce dopamine. So they're two really important hormones that you don't Actually, want to be deficient in. Yes, and, and just before we wrap <laughs> really quickly, speaking of hormones, because this is, I think, really incredibly important too, um, many pesticides are actually known endocrine disruptors. So, you know, your endocrine system is like your hormonal system. It consists of um, your hormone glands like your thyroids, adrenals, ovaries in women, testes in men, and basically um, many pesticides have similar chemical structures to those of our naturally occurring hormones like estrogen or androgens in men, and they can actually mimic those hormones, um, which obviously leads to hormone imbalances, something why estrogen dominance is so common these days. Um, it's a really big problem. Tell you what, this, you guys need to get just, it. You're going, man. Yeah, sorry. I awesome. should have told you I was going to come in there. The shikimate pathway and all of that sort of uh, discussion sounds very Cindy O'Meara-esque. Like it sounds like uh, you've you've become very good friends with Cindy O'Meara, a great friend of ours. 
We love Cindy. Um, if you haven't seen that movie, What's With Her, you should uh, buy it online, hire it, do whatever you got to do to actually watch it. It's a biggie and um, and, and get yourself across it. Um, interestingly, the comment about phenylalanine there before. Phenylalanine. Um, uh being an amino acid uh, found in extra chewing gum doesn't mean you want to go eat extra, extra chewing gum. It's just that um, it, it's found – you know, as a as amino acid. Now, people who have got PKU have got to be very, very careful of it. And maybe Marcus Pierce, we can talk about phenylalanine and where it is and where it, you know, how it's beneficial, but how it can be bad for you as well. So we're going to oh, talk about. I too. like it. Always interesting. You mean nice some things that are good there. for us in toxic dosages can also be bad for us? Well, not phenylalanine, but what it's bound to. That's interesting. Mm, fascinating. Look, guys, I think you guys need to become a little bit more excited about what it is that you do and what you've dedicated your life to. Um, yeah, you're a bit blah. You're yeah, a bit, you know, I think um, yeah. we really need to give you a shot of adrenaline to talk about this a bit more. <laughs> a bit of serotonin. Um, yeah, it's absolutely. A, a bit of tryptophan. Yeah. Yep. Um, you guys have got to start working on your shikimate pathways. <laughs> uh, you guys, we didn't even touch on your story and what you did to get to where you are today, but they can find out, all of our listeners can find out all about it at thehealthypatch.com.au. Click on our story there and make sure if you are in Melbourne or surrounds and you are inspired to do what Damien Christoph does and grow your own vegetables at home, having listened to Crystal and Ant share their magic, you can have your very own healthy patch um installed created by crystal and ant and the team if if you're interstate or you're anywhere in the world stay tuned because we've got something super special for you that's it so so part of the tribe sounds good look at them up on instagram and facebook and get their emails and their fancy ebooks as we have all the rest of it so get on uh the healthy patch tribe and um and yeah well done guys for all that you have created in the world very important part of the 100 not out lifestyle demo eating healthy food and when you can do it from home all the better for it Damo, thank you for your wisdom, yep. as always. We, we will do another uh, green thumb edition of 100 Not Out. It is vital. To. There's so much more to talk about, isn't there? There's yep. lots. There and is. it is an important part of, of movement, you know, getting out there in the garden. And obviously, when you're eating healthy food, you have a healthier expression of your many years that you want to m- remain vital for. So we do talk about that. Nutrition is an important part of living a long life. You know what a, a good episode will be is what do you do if you're someone like me and there's many of them that actually you don't like to get your hands dirty? So, someone said just put gloves, gloves on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, there's another episode. Uh, folks, we would love to uh, hear your feedback on this one. Uh, you can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Leave a comment. You can uh, look us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. Remember to find out more about Damo, go to damienchristoph.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. We hope you enjoyed this edition of 100 Not Out. Now, if you love this episode and you love longevity, then you are invited to join Damien and I at our 2018 Longevity Experience on the Greek island of Ikaria. This is a nine-night, 10-day, all-inclusive immersion based at Thayer's Inn and Restaurant, TripAdvisor's number one place to be in Ikaria. Together, we'll be living the Icarian lifestyle, eating, moving, dancing, socializing, learning, and a whole lot more. This is a lifestyle that has 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, 20% less heart disease, and the highest count of centenarians per capita 
in the world. They don't call it the island where people forget to die for nothing. To find out more and to apply, go to www.100notout.com. Applications are processed on a first-in, first-served basis, so even if you aren't 100% sure, your best bet is to fill out the application form. It is completely free to apply and only takes two minutes. We would love to have you there, so head over to 100notout.com for all the info. Until next week, thanks again for your support and may the rest of your life be the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.